welcome to episode 76 of the Alfa Romeo Driver podcast, brought to you by the Alfa Romeo Owners Club. I'm Kirsty Hodson, and to celebrate International Women's Day, I'm delighted to be joined by the new Managing Director of Alfa Romeo UK, Julie David. Good afternoon, Julie. Hello, good afternoon. So you've held very senior positions at the Volkswagen Group, Skoda, Peugeot, Jaguar Land Rover, and now Alfa Romeo and DS. So it's a very impressive CV. But what originally attracted you to a career in the car industry? That's a really interesting question. Um, I actually started out, I did a business degree and I started out in aerospace and defence and then went into um, a role in an airline. But I always loved cars. So this was very, very early, like just when I graduated. I always loved cars and I always loved driving. I was desperate to learn to drive, you know, first day, as soon as I was 17, that was it. Got my test really quickly. And actually, subsequently, all my boys have been similar. All my sons have done the same thing. But I actually saw a, an advert for a graduate scheme, and it was Ford Motor Company, and ended up at Ford Motor Company on the graduate scheme. And, you know, the rest is history in terms of what you've just said. But I would say I, abs- I absolutely love working in the car industry. It is, and I think my appreciation of cars has grown over all those years. So 37 years of career. And, you know, during that time, my appreciation of not just the complexity of the industry, so that's what makes it so interesting to work in this industry, but also just my appreciation of cars. So by that, I mean more from the point of view of the design of cars. I absolutely really love talking to car designers. I love everything about car design, both in terms of exterior design, but also interior design, everything about materiality. There's so many things that are so interesting now. You know, the world of automotive, the world of car design now is super interesting. But then equally, the whole thing around performance, which, of course, you know, for Alfa Romeo is massive in terms of whole drive experience. I absolutely love driving. I really appreciate driving. And I think that is something that I want to continue to promote. And it's interesting, you know, not just from a female perspective, but from a youngster. You know, there's so many youngsters now that aren't so desperate to learn to drive and I, I'm not sure that that love of driving is always there and I, and I think that was a real shame if we lost that so as I say for me I, I, I didn't sort of set out to be in the car industry but by having an opportunity to join the car industry early realized it was fantastic and I and I always say to sort of youngsters in the team if they're having a bad day or it's particularly challenging which the industry is particularly challenging at the moment you know and, and this isn't this isn't to be um negative about other industries but you know what if you were selling washing machines how might your day be going then you know think about the amazing thing to be involved in the car industry so that's what I would say to that I as I said didn't set out to be in it but I am very privileged to have had such a long career in automotive and I do absolutely love of course they've been really keen on getting sort of the youngsters involved and to love the cars as much as we do and it is, it is fantastic to see a woman in, woman in charge Alpha UK so what did your career journey sort of look like? So I've done mainly roles around the sort of sales and marketing side of automotive. But interesting, I think in terms of the industry overall, there's there's way more than that. So I've probably done a lot of the roles that perhaps people might be more familiar with. So, you know, everything from sales, both in terms of vehicles and after sales. I've done strategic roles. I've done marketing roles. A lot of my roles have been linked to brand. I've also done global roles at Jaguar Land Rover. Um, I mean, my latter role there was brilliant in terms of driving because I was responsible for, um, amongst many things, um, all the experiential side of things, which, of course, was everything in terms of all the track days, all the off-road driving. So absolutely fantastic from the point of view of that side of it. 
I haven't done anything around manufacturing, you know, kind of more or the logistics side of things. But there are so many you know, areas that you can work in in automotive. But my career generally has been the more kind of traditional side of being part of a brand, building the brands, you know, building sales, working with retailers, um, which is another area I'm really interested in, in terms of you know, the retailer experience, the ownership experience, the purchase experience of cars, as well as the actual drive experience um, and, and thinking about why people choose brands. And there is probably where I also got to work with more of the designers, um, which I absolutely loved, as I said earlier. Absolutely loved working um, closely with the car designers when we were launching cars and just thinking also about things that we did um, in line with the design of cars as well across the whole portfolio of automotive. But there are huge areas of automotive for careers. I mean, I've, I've only touched some of them. But there are obviously also lots of careers, you know, STEM careers, manufacturing, logistics, all sorts of things. And now, obviously, with the introduction of electrification, um, a lot more scientists are being attracted into automotive. So it's a, it's a fascinating industry, really. It's very complex and pretty much probably a career for anybody. Interesting, I was talking to one of my son's friends the other day, and he's interested in property development and, and property management. And actually, if you think about the property estates of most automotive businesses around the world, you know, who knew you could do all of that as well? So there's there's everything, law, any career really, you could go into automotive. And I think that's what's um, really fantastic, actually. It has got so much to offer and probably not always that well known that you can do so many things in automotive. This is a massive industry, isn't it? Um, so what sort of challenges have you faced throughout your career so far? I don't think I've faced any of any more challenges than anyone else in terms of from a business context. I think, you know, ultimately, yeah, as a female, you know, you've obviously mentioned that earlier. Um, I've, I've probably been a very, in, 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 let's say I, I could often be the only female in the room, you know, throughout my career. I still get reactions today to... Oh, goodness, you know, almost people shocked that I do the role that I do, which I find disappointing, if I'm honest, because I think, well, 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 why not? And there are many more women coming through the industry now in all sorts of roles, actually. But it is still quite male dominated. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because when you look at brands, you know, certain brands tend to be more male dominated as well, or, or kind of have more of a macho type image. But I, I don't see that there should be anything in the way of any anybody from a diversity and inclusion perspective doing any any role. So yes, I've had some challenges, and the challenges are probably more that people are, are surprised, and you sometimes feel maybe, and certainly when I was younger and less confident, that you may feel that oh, I've got to prove myself a little bit more, or you know, your starting point is I've got to go from this sort of oh, shock horror. I mean, I can remember distinctly in my early thirties, I became after sales director in Skoda. And I went off to the factory in the larger Boleslav, which was about an hour outside of Prague, and paraded around almost, it felt, to people being introduced. And most of the people who I worked with at that point were a lot, lot older. So they would have probably been in their 50s and 60s, closer to my age now. And it was, it was almost like they were, you could tell, they were, they, their second language was actually Russian, not English. So they had to have young guys and girls who were translating. And it, I, I just knew that it was almost like they were so shocked to see this. <laughs> This kind of young female from the UK who, who was doing after sales. I mean, who knew? So, um, yeah, there's been times like that. I suppose I've just been surprised, really, um, that that's been reaction. But it shouldn't discourage anybody. And, and actually, you know, it's a really it's a really important thing that I try to support 
females in the industry and certainly young younger women coming through our business to try and help them be confident about you know who they are and what they can be and what they can achieve because you never think you know if I look back in my early 20s I would never have thought for one moment that I'd end up doing this role or even any of the roles probably over the last 20 years you know you don't I mean I think it would be quite rare for somebody to say at 18 or 20 or I want to be the managing director of a car company they might but I certainly wouldn't have thought that that was in my reach for sure. So I think it's one step at a time and, you know, you take the opportunities as they come, really. The Drive to Survive F1 programme has just been in the news, hasn't it? For um, having next to no female coverage, just sort of 1.5% of the series featured women. So I think it's really important we start to kind of get more women in and showcase their talents because there are quite a lot of women, I think, in the industry. Yeah, that, absolutely. There are across all, all aspects. And like you say, particularly in the, the world of whether it's Formula One or Formula E or, or any element, actually, of racing, you know, there are some amazing um, women drivers. And I certainly know, you know, in, the, in many of my roles, some of the very best instructors, some of the very best drivers have, have been women. Yes. And it shouldn't, it shouldn't, you know, even some of the stunt drivers that, you know, in previous roles that we've used for various things or where they've been in films using product, some of the very best, you know, this young Jess Hawkins, you know, there's people like that who are amazing. I mean, they are absolutely the role models of the future generation. I mean, I don't think I had female role models when I came through the business, but if I look now, particularly in racing, there are there are starting to be. So I yeah, I would hope in the next few years, if that program was done again, that you, as you say, I mean, I I I read that report as well. And I was quite shocked that that was what they'd worked out. You would hope to see wouldn't be more coverage or more more equality, let's say, in terms of how many people. One thing I would say is we do need to make sure that people do deserve the role. I, I don't Absolutely. believe in positive discrimination. I think it's really important for those that have worked really hard to be where they are that they have that they are seen to have got that because they are capable, because they can do the job, because they were the best for the job or best for the race or best for whatever it is we're talking about. But I think it's having the opportunity in the first place. And sometimes that's probably the harder thing is having that is being considered. It goes back to that surprise element of, oh, gosh, um, a woman is doing this job. How, you know, how so? Well, because they're capable. And I think that's the thing, isn't it? I never want to be treated differently. I want to be treated for the person I am and the job I do, not I don't want to be given a job because I'm a woman, ever. I think that's really important that we don't ever stray into that. I completely agree with you. Do you have a role model, male or female, in the world of cars? That's a really interesting question because I, as I say, I don't think throughout my career, when as I was coming up through the business, let's say, if you think about it from that point of view, I definitely can't recall a female role model. I would say I've worked with lots of brilliant women and, you know, and, and, and know of many now. So I've got lots of people that I know who I, who I really respect. And I think there are, as I say, I think there's people now coming up through. I mean, I think, you know, Erin Baker's obviously, you know, from a journalist point of view, she's obviously made, you know, she, she writes some brilliant things about how women need to be, you know, there needs to be more consideration of the way that cars are marketed to women, the ownership experience for women, you know, the whole retailing piece. You know, she is she is shedding light on that, which is absolutely brilliant. So she, you know, for a lot of youngsters, particularly those who want to go into journalism, you know, the majority when we do media reviews, when we do drives, you know, the majority of automotive journalists are, are male mm-hmm. still. And so, obviously, you know, she is promoting for the younger women that, which is great. Obviously, we've got Susie Wolf, who's obviously doing the whole racing piece, Female Academy. So that's interesting. But from a business point of view, yes, there are more women leaders now. You know, even in Stellantis, we've got a lady called Diane Miller, who is the Ellesmere Port Park Director. Amazing lady. 
you know, that's a, that's really different to have a female plant director. Mm. But from a business point of view, my role models, I've, I've learned probably what not to do as much as I've learned what to do. I think this is the thing, isn't it? When you go through life, you, you take things from people and you think, that's not how I want to be or it is how I want to be. But it's often just elements of how people are. And I think some of the male role models that I would say are people who have been very successful. But for me, the most important thing is how they how they do it. So for me, behavior and how somebody leads their discipline is the most important thing. So I guess two people that I can think of that I look up to who I've had the privilege of working with would be um, a, a designer that you know is very well known is Ian Callum who was previously Jaguar and he obviously worked at Ford and Aston. Such a lovely guy to work with. Always absolutely respectful of everybody. Just, and and do you know what? The, the word I'd use is normal. No ego, no, look at me, I'm this, I'm that. None, none of that, which there is a lot of, unfortunately, automotive. He was just a gen, he, what is a genuinely lovely guy but brilliant at what he did. So for me, it was the two things. It wasn't just that he was a brilliant designer. It was the way he was. I could have sent any member of my team, the most junior person, to talk to him about something that, you know, if we were launching a car, and he would have been absolutely lovely with them. And and that, for me, is really important. And I don't see enough of that in automotive. And I think that's a real shame because I do wonder sometimes that's also what puts people off in their early years is if they don't meet with people that they think are accessible approachable and you know human that that can that that can put them off the other person that I would recall as well who I think is just it's really interesting because again unbelievably successful on two levels really one as an entrepreneur but obviously also previously a racing driver again the most amazing guy I think he's now 86 and that's Roger Penske so Roger Penske is obviously you know a hugely successful entrepreneur owns you know huge amounts of businesses all automotive related but he is the most charming and just incredible he remembers everybody and he will give everybody time and I've been in meetings with him and I've been at dinners with him I've been at various things with him and the way that he deals with really challenging senior people and in a just a I don't he just he's completely disarming I think he's ultimately what it is (laughs) he's just incredible but he would he would have been somebody that I felt was really respectful to me unlike other people and and I just and I thought gosh for all the money he's made and how amazingly successful he is still a genuinely nice guy so I think you can tell from that I've got a real theme there that it is for me role models are often more about the how they are than, than the what they do to be fair it's about leadership isn't it not management absolutely yeah cool. um I get the impression that the car buying process that you mentioned earlier is really important to you now I once had to show an alpha salesman how to open the bonnet on a Julia but we have had scenarios where you know, female members have been ignored by salespeople who've talked to their husbands instead of them. So how do you feel you can make alpha retailers a more sort of female-friendly place? So that is absolutely one of my top priorities, Kirsty, because I, before I start any job, I always mystery shop retailers. I, I will go to competitors as well. So this is not just, unfortunately, this is an automotive challenge. It's yes. still today, it's an automotive challenge. I have turned up at retailers in performance cars. You know, I've been, I've taken my sons with me. I've done all sorts of things. And quite frankly, the way that I have been treated has been unbelievable. So I do completely get it. And I'm talking about all sorts of premium performance brands. It it is incredible. And I am embarrassed that the industry still today seems to be like that. Now, don't get me wrong. There are lots of brilliant 
sales advisors, you know, product geniuses, etc., out there. And they are not, it's not, I don't mean just females, I mean guys as well, who will absolutely treat people. It doesn't matter whether they come in and they're a female, they have a disability, or whatever it is, they'll be amazing. And they will just be a human being and talk to them and they will be passionate about the brand and passionate about the products. Unfortunately, the way that the retail business model has been for so many years, not just in the UK, but generally in terms of the way that the franchise model works, means that unfortunately, the way that sometimes the business model tends to recompense means that we don't always get um, an experience, you get processed. And that is something that I'm really keen, particularly with Alpha, um, but also you know, my other premium brands to, to ensure we move away from the purchase experience needs to be a really positive thing. How is it that people still dread going to a retailer to buy the second biggest purchase of their life? I, it's, it's such a shame. It should be something super exciting and really brilliant. But to think that women go and still the conversation is with their husband. But I think that's the same even if you drive an amazing car and you happen to to go somewhere and somebody they always assume, they always assume it is your other half's car. I do. I've had that happen to me. In my career, absolutely astonishing. So yeah, we do we do need to address it, Kirsty, and I and I have some ideas about it. And it's something actually that might be interesting. I know you have a um, an alpha females element of the Alpha Owners Club, and I I would love to maybe come and talk to you all and maybe get some ideas from you to see what you think. Because you know where best to start than people who absolutely love owning an alpha and driving an alpha i mean if that's something you'd be interested in i think it'd be really really cool to come and talk to you that would be amazing so yes we said about for female it is reasonably new and it's just to give sort of female owners and enthusiasts a place to thrive and really enjoy their cars and help each other and highlight the issues that you know we've seen things like you know for example we've I've seen ladies changing their babies in the boot of their offer at events because there weren't any baby change facilities, things like that. I mean, I used to avoid shows and things when my boys were small because they weren't family friendly, you know. So, yeah, it'd be fantastic if we could sort of share some ideas about how we can improve things and, um, and get women to really enjoy their cars and feel, feel like it's a really safe environment for them to enjoy their cars. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I, I would love to get involved in that. And I, and I agree with you that, unfortunately, a lot of things that are linked to automotive experiences and events are, are not always as family-friendly as they should be, and nor even are sometimes the, the car designs. I think you will see a change to that. And, and actually, we've got some exciting things coming, which I can't talk about today, but you'll see very soon in Alpha. And also, even just us moving into different segments. So with the introduction of the Tonali, you know, it's all it's all very well that people want to, you know, drive amazing cars. But actually, sometimes, you know, you do need a car that gives you both performance, but also the practicality for your lifestyle or your life stage. So if you've got small children or you you happen to have a certain hobby, I mean, there's so many things that, that make people change their choice of the vehicle segment that they, they're buying into. But it doesn't mean to say they should have to change the brand or um, the type of powertrain that they choose or any of those things. So I think the fact that our range is, um, you know, is growing will also be able to attract more people who want to be, you know, are discerning about brand, they are discerning about the driver experience, so they want to choose an Alfa Romeo, but actually their lifestyle means they need a certain type of car. So it's one thing having a garage of cars and having, you know, perhaps if you if you are privileged enough to be able to own various cars, but not everybody is in that position, but they still may be very discerning about what they what they choose to drive. So I completely agree with you, Kirsty, we need to make both events and also vehicles and also everything around it 
much more family friendly. There should be no reason to stop somebody owning or enjoying a drive experience of anything. So I um, drove a Tonale recently. It didn't feel like an SUV. It it drove like a performance car, and it was it was brilliant fun to drive. But it was also so practical. It was it was great. Have you ever owned an Alpha? I haven't. No, and it's interesting because everybody, as an MD of a, a, a car brand, you know, previously as well, and in any of my jobs, people always ask about you know what cars do you own. I I have. Have, you know, obviously have had the opportunity to drive amazing cars all the way through my career. So, you know, I've often had, I've switched between performance cars and, and then, and actually I say that, but also SUVs with, you know, high powered SUVs <laughs> as well. Um, I've had the chance to personalize my cars, you know, and I think that's the, yeah. you know, one of the massive benefits of working for car companies is you often get to drive fantastic cars and also get to change them frequently as well. You know, my, my whole family are, as in my family, not my parents previously, but, you know, interesting cars. But I think when you have a somebody that works in automotive, you, you do tend to spike everybody's interest. Mm. So I don't own, um, we've got an old Defender, classic Defender, um, but that's just something that, you know, we've used with our boys because I've got um, five sons. So, you know, they, they love all those sort of things. But I, I don't. But when I retire is when I want a classic car. So I'm not in a position to own a lot of cars at the moment, just in terms of, you know, other other reasons. But I would love to have a classic car at some point. Um, and I really like classic elegant roll tops you know you know beautiful kind of the 50s 60s 70s kind of style so you know if i was if i was choosing an old a classic alpha i'd probably go for like a julietta spider a 50s version i also love the mercedes um 190 sl pagoda so you know those, those kind of that real grace kelly era you know that that type of thing but but i i don't own alpha but what i am driving currently would be my choice so i am currently driving a julia quadrifolio and it is fantastic wow. yes you know what 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 can i say <laughs> i am very lucky to be driving it and and everything about it i'm just looking at it now out of my study window and it is beautiful and stunning and everything about it is just makes me feel so it makes me smile every time I start it up every time I drive it you know and it's still quite practical really but the fun you can have in it I mean it looks beautiful it's stunning looking car you know it says it oozes performance as well as style doesn't it in terms of that but just the sound of it you know the drive experience is just amazing I absolutely love it and so as much as classic cars are beautiful and stunning the drive experience of a modern car there's no getting away from it in terms of just the performance that you get is just fantastic do you ever sort of turn around and look back at the car as you're walking away oh yeah absolutely wow, I'm just even sitting on the drive you know it is it's definitely one it made it made me laugh I, my mum and dad are in their 80s and they're not particularly into cars but again I suppose through my having you know my appreciation of cars and all the different cars I've driven my mum quite likes coming and driving with me and when I've had performance cars before she you know she really enjoys it so despite her age she thinks it's really good fun she thinks it's brilliant what I do and um she saw my alpha the other day and she first thing she said before she'd almost hardly embraced me she's like oh my goodness that's a really lovely car love the color because alpha red and straight away she she commented on it and I thought well there you go even my mum in her 80s you see she's got an appreciation of what a great car <laughs> they are striking aren't they they are so talk me through some of your goals because you haven't been in the world very long a few months so what sort of things are you hoping to achieve so short medium or longer term um 
I, I think there's there's some things that are external. There's some things that are internal. Uh, I mean, I you know, if you if you to, to run a successful business, to lead a successful business, you have to have a, a happy, high performing team. So we've obviously been through a lot of a massive change internally recently. Um, lots and lots of my team are new to their roles, new to the brands, you know, and and we've had a massive restructure. All of which is absolutely for the right reasons as the car industry moves forward. And with a huge change to the business model that we that we operate, um, particularly for the premium brands, we're the first to go down the uh, agency model for, for retailing. So obviously, there's a lot to do to make sure that my team are happy and, and, you know, love doing their jobs and are brilliant at their jobs. So there's lots to do internally. But then externally, the, the, the thing that I found intriguing about Alfa Romeo is when, when people found out that's what I was, you know, one of the brands I was going to be responsible for, the reaction is absolutely astonishing of all the brands i've ever worked for throughout my career it has just been amazing so you know i could be stood on the rugby pitch let's say watching one of my sons play rugby and and i'll be honest it is guys more than it is girls it is really interesting in terms of the reaction but you know a lot of the dads will say well, what are you driving at the moment who are you working for at the moment well, as soon as i say alfa romeo it's absolutely amazing but here's the thing. So they'll say, oh, Alpha, I am an Alpha. I loved it. Oh, my God. I absolutely loved it. Or I want an Alpha again. Or very, there aren't enough people who own Alphas today as in their current car. But the response you get is astonishing. So everybody knows it and everybody loves it. Or they know somebody who's loved their Alpha or they've been in an Alpha. <clears throat> it is very rare that anybody, nobody would go, oh, oh, yeah, no, I'd forgotten about that brand. There's none of that. They always know it immediately. And yet, you know, we. I guess we've only had the Julia... And the Stelvio until recently, and now we've obviously got the Tonali. So that gives us access to more people in terms of the market. But what I'd really love is that we can convert that absolute passion and, and real kind of adoration for the brand into more people owning an Alpha and loving not only their purchase experience, as I said, that's something we've got to work on, but also in their ownership experience and, and doing more like, I mean, it's amazing that we've got the Alpha Romeo Owners Club because clearly that does allow people to be, to meet with other people who are passionate about the brand, passionate about their cars, whether those be classic cars or current cars. And also make sure, I'll go back to, um, you know, kind of Gen Z because as I say, I've seen it through my boys starting to learn to drive and their friends. And we know from all the trends globally that there are there's less interest in driving. There is obviously there are many more global mobility solutions. So with people moving more into cities all around the world, you know, actually there are lots of ways you can get from A to B. You don't have to learn to drive. But it shouldn't just be about learning to drive because it's a practical thing. It should be because you actually love it. So the fact that you get in your car and go from A to B, you actually love doing that as well. You don't just do it because it gets you there. And obviously there'll be a lot of people who for whom that will always only be the case. And actually, they won't be the discerning people. They probably won't be the people that are buying Alfa Romeo. They'll, they'll buy something that's just super practical for them, and they won't be that bothered about, about the brand. But I think we've still got a job to do to, one, as I say, make the ownership experience, the purchase experience um, more accessible for everybody and more enjoyable. But I really, really believe we, we can do something with the younger generation as well to make sure that they don't lose the passion that we perhaps have or that I have at my age still for driving cars and that they they learn and they love it. We, I mean, we've made all our boys learn on old cars and we've made them learn manual. And yet I know lots of people whose kids are learning to drive now on autos and electric. And don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong in that because that's where the industry is heading because of all of the emissions and, and all of the, the law around it. So, you know, in terms of all of the things that are being put in place. But I, we've always said to our boys, if you want to better drive classic cars when you're older, and if you want to appreciate a drive and to appreciate how, you know, how a car works, and if you learn on a manual car, 
you will always know that. It doesn't matter if you then go on to drive an automatic as your everyday car, but you'll understand how to use tip. You'll understand all of those things. You'll be able to really love a car. You don't actually have to have a manual. You can still use tip. So that that is something I feel very passionate about in terms of one of my goals that's more of an external but very appropriate for for a brand like Alfa Romeo, where we want that we want people to love that whole kind of thing around the performance of the car. Yes, yeah, Alfas are cool. And we have um, inside the club, we have quite um, kind of an active sort of modified group, and that's a lot of youngsters. Um, there's a big kind of Mito enthusiast kind of group around that kind of age. So it's really nice to see that enthusiasm. Well, I think that was great. Thank you so much, Julie, for spending time for it with us today and talking about your love of cars and your career. It's very much appreciated. You're absolutely welcome. I've really enjoyed it. And um, I really look forward to speaking with you again and, and maybe joining you at the Alpha Owners Club and, and Alpha Females in the future. Thank you. That's all we have time for this week. Alfa Romeo driver editor Guy Swarbrick will be back in the hot seat in two weeks' time on Sunday the 26th of March when we'll be talking to brother and sister Jack and Rosie Hudson about their Alfa Romeo family history. Episode 77 will be available to download from 1.30pm from Google Podcasts, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, the club's website and everywhere else good podcasts are found. Until then, stay safe. (laughs) 